It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 198 of the DC Primetime Podcast from the Spotlight, as well as the We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited Podcasts here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. And yes, we did indeed plan for episode 200 to be the end of crisis. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yes, we not, did. That is not a coincidence. We just realized, hey... If we don't do any episodes over the Christmas break, <laughs> this falls perfectly. Let's not do any episodes over the Christmas break. Gives us a nice little nice little break of our own to, you know, kind of enjoy the holidays with our friends and our families and uh, you know, just kind of jump back into it when when crisis wraps up and it, yeah, it worked out that that would be the 200th episode. I mean, and again, that's not to say we're totally going to be active on the Facebook page. Um, we're just not going to be recording any podcasts over the Christmas break, and I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, so that means uh, after this one, we're going to be obviously doing the episode next week. That'll be Crisis Parts 1, 2, and 3. And then we will not be back until almost like the 20... I think it's like the 20th or the 19th or 20th of January. 21st, uh, I think, is when Arrow comes back for Crisis Part 4. Uh, it's for, uh, the uh, 14th. Uh, Is Jan- it 14th? January 14th. And both episodes of Crisis air that night back to back. They will be running at 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock, respectively. So ah. uh, it will not be like we're getting to starting tonight. So as, as everybody's hearing this, you've already seen episode one of Crisis. Um, and then again, we're going to be talking about, you know, obviously this week is the midseason finales. Uh, next week, parts one, two, and three. And then again, not until shortly after the 14th. Uh, maybe what we can try to do is maybe even just record those two episodes. It's depending, I'm curious when the other shows are returning, if we're going to be seeing that and then a couple shows also airing that week as well as kind of aftermath episodes of Crisis. So I'm not quite entirely sure. But. Well, I don't know, because if if the 14th is when they're returning, that's a Tuesday, which is the last day of the Arrowverse show. So they're probably going to be the only two episodes that week. Yeah. So that maybe would be my guess. Yeah. So if that's the case, then we'll be recording. So 15, 16, 17, 19th. The 19th is the night yep. that we'll be recording. So um, we'll you'll have the wrap up of that. If not, maybe we'll even record earlier. Maybe we'll record on Wednesday night while it's fresh in our heads. So, yeah, possibly. Well, I mean, let's be real. If, if crisis episodes one, two and three are as, as good as we're expecting them to be, uh, we're probably going to end up rewatching four and five multiple times before we record about them. Or um, the other part I'm almost thinking is uh, probably a, a, my actuality is the 13th. I will probably end up watching episodes one, two, and three. 
than staying up way <laughs> yep. too late on Tuesday night to watch <laughs> the other two. Four episodes. and five. Watch yep. four and five. And then uh, maybe we record on Wednesday. And then be yeah. like, boom, here it is. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I, I know you are incredibly excited. I know I'm incredibly excited. Um, and man, I, this is going to be huge. This is really going to be huge. Is it just me? Like we, we knew last year that crisis on infinite earths was coming. Um, and by the way, a real quick note, by the time you're, by the time you're hearing this, you will have probably already seen part one of crisis not only that but you will have seen the wonder woman trailer that will have mm -hmm. dropped already because we as you know we've you've mentioned it before and, and i'll just kind of reiterate it we record on sunday morning so you know and then we post monday morning so it's by the time you're hearing this you usually have already seen supergirl and batwoman this week you will have already seen crisis part one by the time you're hearing this and the wonder woman trailer is dropping at the time we're recording this later this afternoon um is it just me, or does it seem like this came really fast? No, it seemed, <laughs> I've been waiting for this forever. It, it's it's <laughs> because again, I think everybody's you got to remember it's not just okay. Well, we're, they're going to do it. It was we we knew about this since Elseworlds. We've had to wait yeah. for this for a year. So this this is not something that came fast. It was it was just wow. it, it felt like it snuck up on us because December snuck up on us, not Crisis. Crisis felt like I was like, oh, come on, give me it now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Especially with all the announcements we were seeing over the summer and then over the fall about like different things that were happening and different cast members that were coming in. You're right. Like it, every time we saw those announcements, it just kept building that anticipation. Can I do something weird this week? Uh, yeah, I guess. Let's do the news first. Do you want to just knock it out now, and then we'll talk about the episodes? Yeah, let's do it. Um, why not? Let's 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 shake up the formula just for this one because there's a couple things I think we we're going to want to talk about anyway, and they're they're just going to get constantly keep getting chipped off the news, um, so it doesn't make any sense to hold them. So screw it. So as you because you already mentioned the fact that Wonder Woman's trailer is coming out today. Oh yeah, uh, the day of the did. recording. <laughs> um, so like I said, that's I think airing twelve thirty Pacific Sunday. So I then again three thirty p.m. Eastern. So again, but it doesn't matter because you guys have already all seen it by now. So very cool, very awesome. I can't wait to talk about that next week because I'm sure we'll give you guys our, our our thoughts on on what that trailer looked like. Um, you know, you mentioned too that there's CCXP in Brazil, uh, yep. and they they showed the trailer of uh, Birds of Prey yesterday. And they actually said this new trailer um, is excellent. But in addition to, we do see uh, Ewan McGregor uh, as Black Mask with the comic accurate version of the mask uh, does appear in that trailer. So everybody's not entirely sure if they're going to release that wide or not. So um, it, it's a big there's a big question in that right now. Uh, but beyond those two things, there's only one other story that's not crisis related, which is why I was like, let's just knock it out now. Yeah, um, I'm and fine. that's the Legends of Tomorrow Seasons Five trailer <laughs> dropped. Which, which it's not crisis related, but it's still worth talking about. Let's be Abs real, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and it's just kind of like the heroes are back, whether you want them or not. Just the text <laughs> yeah. in that was like that was perfect. Um, but it, it's you know. We don't see any aftermath of crisis pieces. You know, it's we get a really high speed, fast paced, like quick couple shots of things going on. Uh, one shot looks like Nate decking somebody with a giant marshmallow head at some point or a giant human like, like s'more. I think it was. I have no idea what we saw there. 
There was, I think, a moment where there was a scantily clad woman rolling around in a whole bunch of plush Bebos. I'm like, what the hell is going on in this season? Well, <laughs> so, then not only that, but hearing Bebo's voice again at the end. Yeah. Was, I, like, I don't know about you, brought a huge smile to my face. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that was that was amazing of seeing that. I mean, and we know this season is all about the fact that the legends are now super famous because of stopping the threat the, in front of a whole bunch of people at the end of last year. So this is definitely probably right now as a, a kid's show host, for real, in this universe, which oh, is amazing. I didn't even think about that. I didn't which even is think of it that way. amazing, uh, because he probably got a TV offer, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's it's just going to be very bizarre and weird, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. But yeah, I you're do. right. We do, we do get that Bebo. La, la, <laughs> loves you. <laughs> I'm st- um, I am still shocked to this day that DC or CW still has not released plush Bebo dolls. I know. Well, like I said, we know he's coming back this year, which is, just makes my heart happy. <laughs> so, yeah. I, um, I all right, and then all right. Let's get into the the, the four little blips about crisis. So, okay. Uh, so you posted on the page just the other day. Uh, we found out there is a very special person that's going to be showing up on crisis, uh, and he is one of the kind of faces of geekdom and has been for quite some time. Which is, we found out Will Wheaton is making a quick appearance, <laughs> which is so uh, fantastic, and he's just on the street corner. Uh, he was rocking his beard, and you know, kind of just. Very like laid back, just carrying a sign that says "Prepare to meet thy doom. The end of the world is nigh." So, um, but it's kind of awesome that we're 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 going to see things like that. I, so, I there's a part of me that really hopes he's playing Will Wheaton. I I would not be surprised if he's playing Will Wheaton, <laughs> but I again, more than likely, I we're probably never going to note that answer. This it, is more or less. It's a, it's a nameless say, character. Yeah, and. I would not be surprised if we see Kevin Smith have an appearance like this as well. Quite a few other people. So my guess is, you know, we do know that there are six unannounced guest stars. Uh, and that's coming from Mark Guggenheim. Um, and, you know, that's and he said that is in parts one through three. Then there's additional people outside of those six that they haven't even shot things for, which won't be getting announced until um close to the end final appear, like appearance or not even getting announced at all on who they are prior to. But Mark did come out and say uh, the other day that expect a massive, massive announcement. Um, apparently, CW wasn't too happy with the fact that he teased that <laughs> yeah. uh, because they wanted to hold that until January. So we won't find out until January what this massive announcement is that is related to crisis. So it sounds like we're going to get something bigger than we anticipated or expected. Um but especially if, if back the CW still wants to hold their cards, we do know again. Mark said outside of these six, during the break between now and uh, through Christmas and up to the fourteenth, they still have more cameo and special guest star things to shoot. So uh, they ain't done. So it sounds like this is just going to be like the sweep, sweep, sweeps week thing to end all sweeps week things. So they're not pulling out any stops. We're gonna get a thousand and one little kind of teases and 
all these other little pieces that are going to be coming into play. So it's going to be pretty damn exciting, I think. I'm already excited. And, you know, even without these, even even without this whole uh, an upcoming announcement, I was already excited. I mean, and we've talked about this before. If even half the things we have seen online happen during crisis, it's going to be amazing. Right. And to give you an idea of how far they're willing to go. They reached out to Nick Cage to play I, Superman. I know. Uh, I love this so much. I think it was interesting because there, there's no response about what he happened to say or his people happened to say. It sounded like um, it was probably a no. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we do know that they did indeed reach out for that to happen. Which kind of um, shocks me that it's a no, because if you've seen some of the stuff that Nick Cage has done... Like, this is so much more higher tier than some of the stuff he's done in the past. Hey, uh, it's very, it's possible that 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 story isn't over yet. That may still happen. So, that, which would make knows? things very challenging on your wife when it comes to watching Crisis. Oh, she'll be angry as fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry for the language, but that's just, that's the truth of it. Yes, if anybody it knows my wife, that is the truth of it. <laughs> she will not watch anything with Nicolas Cage. She hates him so much. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> all right. But that's really all the news that we have, which is why it made more sense because get that out of the way um, and just kind of be like, all right, cool. We can just kind of move into this big topic. We'll still do our recommendations and whatnot. Yeah. This, but I, yeah. I know all there's right. I know there's one story we kind of skipped over purposely because we don't want to like reveal any spoilers about Crisis for anybody that's seen it, um, that's seen it. But uh, there's one little tidbit I just want to mention of a story that we didn't talk about. Uh, there's something I'm very much looking forward uh, forward to seeing, and I don't know what episode it's going to happen. But all I will I will just say one word, uh, and hope you get it. In case you've read, I think you've read the article, but you might not have. I don't know. Uh, I'll just say the word sparkles. Mm, yeah. Do you get the reference I'm talking about? Wait, hold on. I have to think about that. It's a certain mm. interaction between two characters where one calls another one sparkles. Um, I it, can't remember. It's the, I'm too tired this It's morning. the interaction between Mick and Black Lightning. And Mick calls Black oh, Lightning yeah. sparkles. Yeah, that's right. So, I'm, and that's yeah, the I other, did see that. That's one of the other things I'm really looking forward to with Crisis 2 is I just want to see how some of these interactions between these characters are going to happen. And like, ah, uh, yeah, I, I agree. And it, it's going to be, it's going to be special. I think it's going to be really damn special. I mean, I, I, I don't know what we can possibly say <laughs> to make this more exciting than it already is. I know all, I mean, there's a lot of teasers out there that's showing tons of little clips. I've been trying to, with the exception of one or two that I've watched, try to pump the brakes on watching anymore because I'm, I'm right at this point where I just want to see what they give us. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's kind of how I am with Star Wars at this point, too. I'm like, we've seen so much from Rise of Skywalker. I'm like, I don't want to see anymore. Like, I just want to see them. I watched the trailers in one TV spot and I'm done. That's what I did. Yep. I, 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 I tried to stop reading all articles, anything like that. I just, I have my theories. I'm curious if my theories are right. Done. <laughs> so, done, yeah. done, done. And now I'm the same way with with Crisis. Like I I watched the same clip that you did uh, from uh, part one of Crisis, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, I just want to see Crisis now. I don't need to see any more clips. I don't need you to read any more articles. Just give me Crisis already. I'm I'm good. So yeah, uh, I yeah, I, it's it's crazy to think that it begins tonight again for you guys. It began last night. <laughs> so yeah, but. 
yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped for us to get a chance to talk yeah. about For it. those of you listening so. to us, you're extremely lucky you got to see it already. <laughs> Even <laughs> though we probably would have seen it too. It's just at the time we're recording, we're still 12, no, 10 hours away from Crisis yeah. debuting. So, But we have some other business to take care of this week. And we have to talk about the midseason finales of these shows from last week. Do we have to? I'm, I'm good. I'm uh, you know, there's a part of me that was just like, let's just go through this quick because we know, like, look, these were great episodes this week, but we just want crisis. Like, that's that's to the point that we're at right now. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, let's we'll get through them relatively quickly because, I mean, you know, again, they're really I don't know if there's a lot to break down. There's just, you know, a couple things that we need to talk about with each and then we can kind of move on. Yeah, totally. So, as always, we will start with giving our review of each episode, uh, that being Sidekick, Hero, or Legend, and then we'll jump back to the beginning and do the breakdowns. So, starting first with Supergirl, Season 5, Episode... Oh, no. Yeah, Supergirl's first, right? Then Batwoman. Okay. Yeah. I almost confused myself. Um, See, I'm already in crisis mode. Uh, Oh, wait, no. You're wrong. It is Batwoman, Supergirl. That's what I thought. Okay. So, I was... I was right. I even have it in. You do you, sir. Don't worry about <laughs> it. All right. So we're going to start first with Batwoman, season one, episode eight. What do you give this one, sir? Sidekick, hero, or legend? A well-deserved legend. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. It's um, this is this is one of the, one of the better episodes, one of the best episodes of Batwoman we've seen yet. And I'm going to steal some words from you. Uh, they went dark. Yeah, with this episode, I, it's it was a dark episode, but it also it, it felt like it embraced what we think of Batman a little bit more than we've seen previously. Not only that, um, they made Alice a terrifying threat. Yes, that was going to be what I brought up she, too. She was already an amazing villain. This showed that she shows no bounds. This and she is she is in it. To, she is in it to win it. Yeah. This episode was the episode whereas, you know, for the past couple weeks, I've been questioning if Alice was really, truly the big bad of this show. Uh, This episode Uh, confirmed (laughs) this episode confirmed it. She is the big bad of this series. So well done. But yeah, yeah, we'll dive back. We'll dive into that a little bit more. Uh, Next up, we have Supergirl season five, episode eight, sidekick hero or legend. The one that shakes things up. This one's getting a hero. It was a good episode. I really liked a couple really key points, but it was a little disappointing still. Uh, I, I think they could have gone a little bit higher with things. It was great that we are seeing that plot move forward. I, there was a couple other really nice little wrap up moments uh, that happened, but I, I, I'm a little. I was a little disappointed, but it was still a good episode. It's a high hero from me as well. Didn't get a legend from me at all this week, but still a good episode. Um, but I agree with a lot of the points that you, you've already made, and I'm sure we'll make more as we break it down. But yeah, um, it it drove that storyline forward, but I feel like they could have definitely done more had they maybe started pushing this a little bit earlier on in the season instead of giving us a couple fillers before Crisis. So, mm-hmm. all right, that leads us to The Flash, season six, episode eight, sidekick, hero or legend? This one's getting a legend, but it just squeaked by. Really just squeaked by. Um, part one of The Last Temptation of Barry Allen was phenomenal. It was 
this just felt like wrapping up that storyline more than anything else. Uh, it was kind of a little cookie cutter, but it was still a damn good episode. Uh, I will say it was well executed, well shot, well acted. There was a couple really great scenes that, especially one that wrapped up the end. A lot of great horror kind of tension in this episode, too, with a moment with uh, Allegra and Cecile, too, that really, I think, was incredibly well executed. And I think it was just enough to, to bump this into legend territory. Yeah, I- I'm with you. It's it's a legend for me as well. And this was actually a tough one for me to rate because, you know, as you mentioned last week, uh, Last Temptation of Barry Allen Part 1 was just a phenomenal episode, arguably probably one of the best episodes of the series. Uh, it was so well done from Grant's acting to the story that we got. So <clears throat> when you comp- and we gave it a new God's rating, like that's how good that episode was. So when you com- yeah. when you compare this episode Yes, this episode seems a little lackluster compared to last week's, but with last week's bar set so high, I kind of had to give it a little extra leeway and think, okay, if we didn't have this lead in of a new gods rated episode last week, would I still be thinking this episode wasn't as good? And when you kind of take that away, it made me realize I'm like, yeah, this is still a really good episode. So and that's why I I still had to give it a legend because I think the only reason why it didn't feel as strong to me was because last week was so good. Yeah, I I think that was a big part of it. And honestly, too, every time I, you know, we saw any of the kind of like bad guys, it was like brush your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) That did. That really did kind of irk me a a little bit. It's like, wow, that had to be so uncomfortable to act with all of that stuff in his mouth and like. It's just, you know, I will say though, all the black teeth did look a little bit goofy. That's all. And I think just a little. Yeah. Bit. But it was, but it was, it was hard not to think about. Yeah. That, so. <laughs> uh, and that takes us to Arrow season eight, episode seven, sidekick hero or legend. I'm going to give this a legend. Um, I, I predicted something a couple weeks ago. I was off by one episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so. yes, you were. <laughs> um, it was, it was I, when they, the, when they pulled this special moment with Roy, uh, they brought him one step closer to his comic book counterpart, and I'm like, good on them, man. That was a that was a ballsy move, but also I, the way that Roy handled that situation was damn awesome. Yeah, so. legend for me as well. I mean, one of the things that we had said before season eight had started was we were, you know, as much as we kind of razzed on Arrow over the past couple seasons, we were both pretty confident that you know this being the final season of Arrow, especially in particular leading up to Crisis, they were going to pull out all the stops and they were going to go out with a bang and. This eighth season, I, I really, I have no major complaints whatsoever. This season has been fantastic, and yeah. you know it's <clears throat> it it's been so good that it's actually kind of it's kind of sad to think that after Crisis there are only two more episodes, and one of them is basically the backdoor pilot into the spinoff. Um, you know, we're getting Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 4, which return when the show returns in January. We then get Episode 809, which is the, the backdoor pilot, and then the two-hour series finale the week after. So, you know, it's it's kind of getting a little... It's kind of getting a little sad now that this season has been so good and it's going to be coming to an end for good. No, I'm okay with that. Um, I, it's been really a good season, and I think they've been doing a great kind of like greatest hits album. Uh, of of wrapping things up, and I think, in all honesty, um, it's they need to go out on a high note because the last couple seasons have definitely not been high notes. And oh, I agree with you completely. When I, I say it's sad, I don't mean like, oh, I wish we got a season nine. I'm oh, just yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. you know, 
you're right. They, it's it's good that they're going out on a high and not on a low of like the past two seasons. They're doing a really good job of wrapping up the season and celebrating what what they have done. And I yes, uh, I'm not sad to see it go. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. it it's curtain call. So yes, yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's jump back to the beginning and do uh, the breakdowns of the episode, starting first with season one, episode eight of Batwoman, A Mad Tea Party. Kate and Alice continue their sister nemesis dance while Alice and Mouse construct their most evil plan yet. Mary invites Kate to a special event honoring Catherine and Jacob makes a decision that leaves Kate perplexed. So the dynamic of this series is definitely going to be very interesting when the series comes back because, man, by the end of this episode, <clears throat> there are some major changes to character dynamics. You know, uh, throughout the run of this series, these first eight episodes, we've gotten, you know, Kate kind of defending Alice, knowing it's her sister. And to that final scene of this episode, not including the the, the post-credit scene, you know, that leading us in the crisis, you know, is Kate and Jacob you know, Jacob saying, I'm going to take her down. And Kate's like, I'm not going to stop you. Because we get that huge dynamic, as, as I kind of mentioned when we gave the rating, this episode confirms Alice is a baddie. Oh, well, and, well, well that hasn't been a question. <laughs> That's uh, Alice Alice has consistently been a bad, uh, has been a, a pretty horrendous <laughs> person. She's still killing a whole bunch of people. It just yes. not... That's that I would not put her in a guardian angel status by any stretch of the imagination here. Uh, no, she, but uh, when I say that, I mean, like, it, it almost seemed like there was a chance for redemption of Alice. And they kind of hinted at that from the beginning. But by the end of this, it's almost like, OK, no, like there's like she's she's pure evil. I mean, they, they may find a way to do some kind of redemption angle near the end of this. But I don't think we'll see her crop back up in that role. I think when she's caught in this, she's going to end up in Arkham. <laughs> so that's yeah. where that's where she gonna be. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and yeah, we we're going to see her waver because of the fa a familial connection and stuff like that. I'm sure here and there, but uh, at the end of the day, yeah, she's she bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, like, I'm gonna actually kind of turn it over to you a little bit because you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said like they went dark in this episode. Um, cause we did see a couple things, man, that kind of really speak to that. Well, I mean, I think the big key component of this episode is we saw, uh, you know, this whole angle play where there's the press conference where Catherine's basically kind of being given kind of like a kind of an award, like a humanitarian award, um, you know, for, for Gotham city. And, um, we find out early on that, you know, Alice has known everything that Catherine's been pulling behind the scenes. Um, the fact that Hamilton, you know, Hamilton Dynamics has basically been selling weaponry and stuff like that to criminal organizations to help continue to make money, all of these horrendous things, um, and just downright being a craptastic, uh, you know, person in general. So Alice basically is kind of like, hey, if you don't do this, uh, I'm going to kill you. And we found out, well, too late. Uh, she was already poisoning. She ended up poisoning both her and Mary early on through J uh, Jacob, quote unquote, mouse in this actual situation, mouse dressed as Jacob um, in this episode where we do see him poison them. So we get to the sequence where she has her speech and in the middle of it, she starts kind of 
like kind of drifting in and out. Her nose starts bleeding and she just collapses. And we find out that that's when the situation happens. And of course, there is an antidote and there's only enough for one person. So we see Mary and Catherine kind of struggle through this, these quite a good chunk of this episode, which was beautifully done. Really, really beautifully done. But we also see Alice just torment the living hell out of him in that process. Um, it was it was exceptional to watch, which was this great setup of setting up basically Jacob as the 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 fall guy to take this. Um, we know one of these characters is going to bite it. Of course, everybody knew it would be Mary or not Mary, uh, Catherine. Yeah. So turning Mary against Kate um, and basically destroying the Kane family in in one single episode and very effectively, uh, knowing how much it's going to have an impact on Kate. So it was. It was insanely intense to watch from I pretty much I would say a quarter of the way through the episode to the very end. Um, yeah, and, it was go <clears throat> oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and it, it's 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 an interesting dynamic too that you mentioned about the fact, and it's something I didn't even really think of until you brought it up, is that we get that whole play that whole scene playing out about you know Alice taking over the teleprompter, taking over Catherine's teleprompter during her speech. Uh, you know that if you don't do this, you know things bad things are going to happen. And I didn't think about the fact that bad things already happened. She was already poisoned. I, yeah. I that didn't even really click with me because uh, for some reason I was just so engrossed in the scene that you're right. It's like she was telling her like you're if you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. Ha ha, fooled you. You're already dead. Yeah, and it was purely to help. It was that last piece that was needed to set up Jacob. It was, that's exactly all that was. It was there to make sure that when Catherine died. That was the connection, and that connected it to Jacob. The fact that, like, all these horrible things of him basically finding finding a way to lash out to her is in the public eyes. That's what the way they would think of it because of the speech. So it was just that perfect little tiny endpoint of that. Yeah. So really, really interestingly done. And we see at the end of the episode, of course, you know, um, Jacob uh, wakes up in his car because we see him accosted by some of the uh, White Rabbit gang in the beginning of the episode. And he wakes up wearing a tux uh, in front of the venue, and he is arrested. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a very intense episode. Really, really well handled. And then you know we did see kind of that last little piece though too with Kate and Mary, where Mary is kind of like, you you were so obsessed with trying to save your twisted murderous sister when you had one right here, and you know what, kind of f off. You know, so like we see the Caden family kind of decimated in, in one fell swoop, which was well, brilliant. It was so brilliantly done. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, there's definitely a lot of changes in characters and dynamics between them by the end of this episode. I mean, we see, you know, we, we see Mary and Kate, as you mentioned, their dynamic is they're kind of torn apart, which is going to make things very interesting because we know that Mary is an ally of Batwoman's. So mm -hmm. it's it's going to kind of play off where she's OK with Batwoman. Because she's going to assume Batwoman is going to chase after Alice. And we know Kate is going to do the same thing now, too. But she's still going to be against Kate. So, you know, she's for and against one the same person, in essence. Um, you know, we see a very, <clears throat> a much stronger connection built between Jacob and Kate now by the end of this because of Alice killing Catherine. Uh, but, you know, let's also not forget, too, that we're kind of seeing a separation even more so between uh, Kate and Sophie at this point, too. Um, yeah. which I'm kind of okay with because I, I'm, I think I'm with you. I think you kind of agree with me on this. I'm still not completely 
I'm not sold I, on her character. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. I'm not sold on Sophie yet. I think I still need to see more to the point where if she was killed off, I wouldn't be upset. No, not at all. I, she just, she, you know, they kept doing the, the marriage stuff between her and her husband in this episode. I'm like, I just don't care. Like, uh, get, get me back to the good stuff because there's a lot of good stuff happening in, in not two other locations. Like, let that happen. Um, I don't care what the relationship angle is happening between her husband, who I can't even remember his name, Tyler, um, Tyler and, and, and Sophie at this point. So it was just kind of like, let's, let's move past this. Um, so, you know what? I, I'm willing to make sure again, through the first season, I'm always willing to watch the characters evolve and grow because a lot of times there's certain characters like what the, what's this, what's the purpose here? But you know what? We may, we may know more down the road and, yeah, it was still, a, but it was a damn good episode. I was really, really impressed. Uh, and I think if this was the episode that did not hook you, um, then Batwoman is not the show for you. But yeah. I, I feel, I feel like this episode set its hooks in me, and I'm like, I'm in it. So, yep, I agree with you completely. Um, <clears throat> you know, and it's it's a real shame that it's still, you know, these episodes are kind of intentionally getting review tanked, and because people just aren't giving it a shot because. For whatever reasons, whether it's because it's not Batman or because it's a woman led show, like, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, it's it's an L, uh, it's very LGBT friendly, all yeah. these things. It, it's unfortunately and then you have a, a, a lead actress who is gender fluid like this. And basically you get that corner of the you know geek universe that wants nothing to do with any of those things. So it's it's sad to see the show get slammed the way it is because it doesn't deserve it. It really, really doesn't. It's I think it's pulling off something pretty awesome, and I, I think people should be honestly giving it a shot. I agree. Uh, so I mean, again, I really don't have to say much about like looking forward to next week because, or this week rather, because we all know what it is. Uh, Batwoman is going to continue in Crisis on Infinite Earths Part Two, which is going to be airing on Monday night. So looking and for, we'll talk and, about we'll talk about the big stinger that's in every one of these episodes at the end. Of yeah, because it's, it's it's the same, um, it, which I kind of I kind of predicted it wouldn't be. I thought each one would get its own thing. Um, and uh, we were both kind of right. There was one stinger that ended all four episodes, but each episode, with the exception of Batwoman, still got a little bit extra pertaining to crisis. Um Including with that Bat- well, with the exception of Batwoman, Batwoman really didn't have one. But that's what uh, I just with said. Ex- with the, yeah, with yeah. the exception of the scene. Right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's all, it's all right. We both do it. I did it to you last week, too. Um, yeah, Batwoman was the only one that really didn't get anything extra. Um, Supergirl got a little extra. Flash obviously got a lot extra. Uh, Arrow, the whole episode was pretty much leading up to Crisis. Um, but, you know, yeah, we'll talk about that, that post-credit scene. Actually... A good point to probably talk about that would probably after we're done talking about Flash. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Cool. So when we get to Flash, we'll talk about the post credit scene. But yeah, cool. Crisis Part 2 is when Batwoman returns. Uh, well, she's going to return in Part 1, but Batwoman, the series episode is Part 2. Uh, so that leads us into Supergirl Season 5, Episode 8, The Wrath of Ramakan. Supergirl's struggle against Leviathan reaches a boiling point as she faces off against Ramakan. Meanwhile, as Lena and Hope work to launch Project Non... Um, what is it? non Nowheres? No, sir? Myriad non- Part 2. That's it. <laughs> uh, Hope, pro- Hope proves to be an invaluable asset to Lena. 
Um, I want to start off with one big note that I noticed this episode, and I really didn't. Maybe this came up in news earlier, um, and I just wasn't too familiar with it. I, I just didn't remember it. Uh, but one of the things I noticed about this episode is that Supergirl was has been playing a game over the past couple weeks that I didn't really notice until this week, and that is the uh, the baby bump hidden, the baby bump hide. And you can really notice it in that Andrea Brooks, who plays Eve Tessmacher, is very much pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is, I think she announced her pregnancy back in May. So she is quite a bit along. And you can kind of see it in her face this episode, which is what made me think, like, is, is the actress pregnant and they're hiding the baby bump? And then when I looked into it, I looked into the actress. I'm like, yeah, she's indeed pregnant. She's about like at this point six months along yeah so and but they did a good job because it, it, they've been doing a good job of hiding that for the past couple of weeks because it wasn't until this week i really started to notice it well we'll be seeing that very soon on the flash too so with uh danielle Panabaker danielle Panabaker. Well. yep mm-hmm. although she's still i think relatively more earlier on right um i think a lot of the stuff that they've already filmed was before she announced the pregnancy so well, you're right we'll be seeing that heavily come into play in the second half so Mm -hmm. that was just something i wanted to point out because i really did notice it this week when i was watching it right um but let's talk about the actual episode of uh of the flash and again this is the only episode of this week that we gave a hero and not a legend that's not to say it was a bad episode there was definitely a lot of things that happened in this episode that are worth talking about but i there was one or two things I kind of had issues with. And I'm just going to start with that to lead off. And my, and maybe it's a nitpick. Maybe it, I shouldn't be making a big deal of it as I, as I have been, but I, I had a little bit of an issue this week with Alex. Yeah, I will hundred percent agree with you. She okay. Was very I'm, like, she was like, let's kill Lena. Let's wipe her out. I'm like, who who are you? I, who wrote this character this week? Well, not it didn't, only, it didn't yeah. fit her character line at all. Well, not only that, but the other the bigger issue with with Alex that I had this week is when John shows up in the DEO and Malefic is behind him. Like Alex immediately, like I understand as if if Malefic comes in behind John, you know, suddenly appears behind John. Yes, pull out your weapons because you don't know what it is. But when John is standing there with his hands up and he's saying, like, look, we're here to help. The moment he says we're here to help, if you trust John as much as you say you do, lower your weapon. Like, like if you have as much trust in John as you as you've said, like, I, you know, you trust him with your life, as they've said multiple times, like, OK, I understand being a little hesitant, but Alex was just like she uh, I don't know how to put it. Like, it was just like it was overly aggressive from Alex this week. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it kept happening this week with her in a couple spots. So, yeah, I'm 100 percent with you. And I did find that a little bit odd. So, again, could have been just the writer for the week or the way that they try to handle a situation too, but just let those writers know it, it didn't work. Yeah. So. It just, it just kind of, it, it set, I think it's that it made Alex's character take a step backwards this week. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, and not, not in a huge way, but it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's not like collision course and arrow where you're oh, like, God, I don't no. <laughs> want to watch these characters for a long time. This was more like this, just try to do better, please. You know, and that was really what it was. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, because we got some great stuff this week out of Malif- out of you know, out of um, uh, 
Uh, oh my god, uh, David Harewood and Phil Lamar. Yeah, totally. I, I think they did a great job. I, again, it, we both like those actors a ton to begin with, so it's. I'm not surprised we got good stuff from them, and thankfully, you know, they they delivered the goods, and, and we got, you know, there's a we got. I can't talk about that yet because it's crisis related, but <laughs> it's. But we we did get to see Malefic kind of become a hero in this episode, which was really well done. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, the grand scheme of this episode was was very. This is the episode I don't remember the most. <laughs> I hate to say it because it just felt very, very by the numbers. It felt like okay, we have to wrap something up. Let's move on. Well, um, but here and here's the thing about that too is in in reality, thinking about it, I don't even think they wrapped it up. Um, I think we're going to get more Leviathan when this show returns. I think Leviathan is still going to be. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, like they made that evidently clear when like Ramakan was just, you know defeated in this episode again. And, you know. We're just moving the focal point of the next person at Leviathan. Like, you know, the fact that their objective was essentially to create a, a another mass extinction. And I'm like, well, that's a little weird. I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I know that means you guys will be around and fine and all, but that's that's a little excessive, right? Don't, don't you think? Uh, and, I, and I love the fact, and again, this is just a pure nitpick. I love the fact there just happens to be a super volcano below the city <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that seems a little too on point if you ask me like why have we not heard about this volcano and the tar pits before right you know especially you know when we had it was you know john jones's father going down into the central, central yeah. court and all the other horrible things that happened like you know like when the ground started splitting open and such like what two seasons ago with rain you know, don't you think don't you think that maybe would have triggered something at that point? You know, <laughs> yeah. Or at least Brainy say like, hey, we have to be careful. Rain might activate the super volcano that's before the city, below the city, because then it's at least this season. It's a callback to that volcano and the volcano becomes a views. But the fact that there just happened to be a volcano below the city this week, it's like, OK, like, why have we not it gotten mentioned this? Before? Not it was a little silly. I, I mean, again, it was. It was a suspension of disbelief, but like, hey, let's create something that's a well-known fact about the city that we probably would have known for a while now. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I, I kind of jokingly think of uh, Brian Glein and Sean Lamont from, from DCR whenever they used to talk about, you know, Batman. It's kind of like, you know, there's the sewers of Gotham City, then the Undercity underneath the sewers, <laughs> and then the Undercity of the Undercity. And Mike, how many layers are there to Gotham City? Like, Really, how many versions? Because like the Court of Owls are in the underground, underground, underground. And you're like, no, just stop, guys. <laughs> just stop. They're great characters. Just, just put them in a building. Give them a, give them a tower. It's fine. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, you're right. The episode itself was very paint by numbers. I mean, there was we um... stop bad guy one, stop bad guy two. Still have tension between Lena and Su Lena Luther and make her more of a Luther. Check. Um, bad guy still not defeated. Check. <laughs> so, bring back the bad guy from last season. Check. You yeah, know, it was. It was. Yeah, they brought back John Cryer really quickly in this episode, and it was. It was like awesome. He's here. Okay. Well, I mean, and it's gonna. Can we, and it can we get another layer to that, please? Before we start this off, it was just. Ah, there was there was annoying things about the episode. It was good, but it was annoying because there was there was areas they should have focused on versus things that they did. 
Well, because the, a lot of the Lena and Supergirl stuff, like we know what they were building towards, but we see by the end of this, obviously, you know, I mentioned Andrea Brooks being being pregnant. So they definitely found a way to kind of write her off for a little while uh, and her going to prison in Lena's place for taking basically taking the blame for everything that Lena was doing, uh, which, by the way, at the end of that episode, as you mentioned, making Luna Lena more of a Luther, that was an absolute Luther move, you know, oh, yeah. having somebody else take the blame. And it builds an interesting dynamic between Alex and Kara and Lena in that they know what she did. They know she was the one that did it, but now she got away with it. That's total Luther. Like that is an absolute Luther play. That's right out of the Luther playbook. Right. Um, the Superman Luther playbook, like that whole dynamic is right there. Um, you know, but I, I don't know if I was crazy sold on all of that because I still, you know, I still don't know. You know, one of the things that we, I've made mention of multiple times is some of the best villains are the ones that think they're truly the hero. And sometimes that's better left unsaid, if this makes sense. Whereas, you know, this week, you know, Kara says like, no, Lena truly thinks she's doing good. Well, you kind of just took my point and just made it blatantly obvious to everybody what they were building. And again, mm -hmm. sometimes I think that's better left unsaid. If that makes yeah. sense, like, uh, you well, know, it's, it's, it's not it's not Lena saying it. It's somebody else's perspective of it. So I don't think it hurts it at all. But I mean, again, it's. Yeah. I don't know. I still I still not a big fan of the, the Lena Luther heel turn. I, I think it's been a little shoddily done. Um, you know, I think they, I feel they did a good job in the beginning of it where she was like, you know, kind of like, nope, I'm going to break her, all this stuff. But then she's just kind of like, you know, I you betrayed my trust. So now I'm going to try to kill you over and over. And then you will not kill you, but like, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to lock you in a vault full of kryptonite. I'm not trying to kill you. I'm like, well, well what are you trying to do then? Yeah, <laughs> you know? like it's it's been a little like, confusing, like having those cannons pointed at her from from Lex's mountain. But then the moment like to kind of keep her busy. But then the moment they go on the kryptonite shot, she needs them to be turned off because she doesn't want to harm her. Like, OK, well, what what are you trying to do here? I like you've already used kryptonite on her. I mean, like now the fact that you're sh using kryptonite rounds now then that's too far but you've already done something like that when you locked her in the fortress i mean come on it's it's again shoddily written right now it's they they can do better we know they can do better and that's i, I think right now they're just trying to get these characters to a certain point in the story that they needed them to be in by crisis and i feel like that might be a little bit to blame um but i could be entirely wrong I feel like there's a I feel like there's a part of me that thinks that the Luther dynamic when they brought in Lex, when they brought in John Cryer as Lex, they they had such an interesting dynamic and the show kind of took a new turn by having an actual Luther in there. And now that Cryer is not a part of it, maybe they felt like they needed to continue that and they still needed a Luther. So let's just make the switch with Lena. But it's it's just not working. Well, you know what it is. And again, and purely it's this. Are you going to reconcile with Kara or are you, are you not going to? Are you going to be a hero or a villain? And she stays one foot in and of one and one in the other that she's just – it's not that's what's not working. They need to make a call and stick with it for at least for a little while. It doesn't mean you can't make a change later, but that's what characters do. They, they're supposed to evolve and change. It's just 
she needs to define who she is. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm doing the right thing. And I still believe in these things. And I'm going to make sure we save the universe and all this stuff. But I still hate all of you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But like that, I hate all of you angle shouldn't be, I'm going to try to take over the world. That doesn't work. <laughs> you can't can't be a humanitarian and also try to control everything at the same time. It yeah, work that it's way. it's a it's a whole scenario where you know I can see it working in other shows. You know, riding the line between hero and villain, but when it comes to a Luther, riding the line doesn't work. You're either a Luther or you're not. Uh, no, I think you can, but I just think that's just the way that they're going about it is is what's not working. Okay, it's just it's again. Yeah, because that that means that because she's got the same last name, she has to be like Lex. And I don't think that's true, I, you know, or anybody in that family has to be that way. I think purely the fact that they just need to make a decision. It's purely what it boils down to is they just need to make a call of what they want to do with Katie McGrath right now. Because we know she can do she can act like uh, act like all get out in the show. We've seen amazing scenes from her including ones this year it's it's just i want them to make a decision is she just going to just be on the outs with everybody and just leave it at that and she's going to do her own thing uh or or what and they just need to make a decision yeah no i agree with that i mean but it's good and it's going to be interesting too because by the end of the episode the whole scene that we get with lex you know it's going to be it's going to be a very cool dynamic watching him actually step up to be a hero this time around, because that's what the monitor has brought him back for. Uh, you know, they need his mind to kind of help put this crisis to rest and, you know, to help save the worlds from the crisis. Um, you know, and we see him kind of, you know, tell the monitor very sarcastically, like happy to help. It was very cool hearing him say beforehand, I've always been the hero. Again, jumping into that whole dynamic is that the best villains are sometimes the ones that think they're the hero. And this is proof positive. He's always thought he was the hero. And then he tells Monitor very sarcastically, happy to help. But we need to talk about my sister. So yeah. it's it's what does he have in mind? Does he kind of want his sister on his side? Does he not want her to? Well, we ride know this Lena's line? in crisis. We know Lena is in crisis. Yeah. So, so it's going to be fun watching to find out. Uh, yeah. The only other thing I kind of want to make mention of before we move on to the Flash is we got a name drop this week, and it's one I can't find anywhere. I think it's purely new for the show, but it's one that kind of leads me to definitely, I think, is confirmation Leviathan is going to be a huge part of this series when it comes back after Crisis. Um, and and that's Tezumek. Um, We find out as another member of Leviathan, and when he's mentioned, we kind of get a total Inspector Gadget, Dr. Claw moment. Where we just mm-hmm. see somebody in a sitting in a chair, we get the camera to the back of the chair, and we just see his hand fiddling with some coins. And so this is very obviously, I think, somebody we're going to meet in the second half of this season. That's going to be probably our big, big bad. Yeah, you know, that's the, we we're basically working with the three headed dragon. We had Mitch Pelagi's version, uh, version kind of kicking us off. We're going to be moving more to a tech based one. Then we have the one that's essentially the atomic bomb. That's from the way that they kind of talked about it. You know, yeah. Uh, so that's, I think, basically the course that we're going to be kind of following for the remainder of the season. I, I will say, though, one piece that we didn't talk about before we definitely moved to the Flash, though, is the fact that we found out that Malefic, the whole purpose of him being there, was to test John, uh, was to make be able to make sure John could make the right calls. Because that this was the thing holding him back from kind of becoming the great hero that he you know, the modern knows he could be. Yeah. So we, we see, you know, that reconciliation definitely throughout 
the rest of that throughout this episode where we see Malefic head towards Mars in John's sweet ass ship. I know, I love it. Up with McGann. So we know he's going to be over with McGann and be kind of becoming a freedom fighter there. So it's going to be a pretty cool angle. And then the monitor basically saying, this was the whole purpose of this all along was for you to be able to close this chapter of your life. Uh, and then it's just like, I'm, and then just being recruited for crisis in that very last moment. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, uh, you know, again, it's, it's leading us all completely into crisis. And I think one of the things that's going to be very interesting to see is, uh, you know, when we saw the trailer for crisis, cause there was a new trailer released this week for crisis on infinite earths. One of the big things that we see is earth 38 go, go away. Uh, it's destroyed. So I think it's a matter of by the end of crisis, one of two things is going to happen. Either these worlds are going to merge, which is going to make the, the Leviathan story definitely different going in because it's going to be a new world for Leviathan to, to, try and take over uh or are things that happen in crisis going to be undone uh and you know when earth 38 is going to survive i don't know which way they're going to go when it comes to crisis yeah. uh it's a wait and see at this point yep but christ but supergirl this week kicks off crisis tonight uh which is going to be god again can't wait Mm-hmm. But that leads us into The Flash, season six, episode eight, the midseason finale, uh, The Last Temptation of Barry Allen, part two. With The Flash battling blood work, Iris and Cisco fight to help Barry take control of himself before he is lost forever. The rest of the team fight to reclaim control of Central City from Bloodwork's growing army. Where do we want to start with this? Because mm. it's a very, again, I, I think. I, just like Supergirl and Batwoman, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I and I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, essentially, I mean, this is going to be probably the shortest conversation we have because all of the the heavy lifting was done in part one. Yeah, this was basically a whole bunch of you know bloodwork zombies running around the city and an infection spreading like a zombie plague that's essentially what this episode was and it was just people running to safety um you know all through that point we have a couple stories to kind of not even stories we we just have our pairings for the episode where we have basically cisco and iris are part one which is they are the ones trying to find a way to resolve the problem we have allegra and uh cecile mm-hmm. um as the other piece, and then we have Joe West. No, no, and... we have we have Joe and Cecile, and we have or Joe and Allegra, and we have Joe. Cecile and Camilla. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um. Wait, because Allegra is the it's it's Allegra, Joe, and Frost. Yes, that's right. That's yep. right. And then yeah, Camille, uh, Camilla and Camilla and Cecile. And Cecile. Yeah. Right. So we basically, those are our pairings for the episode. And really, if we break them down one at a time, we can kind of rip through this pretty quickly. I mean, essentially, we find out that Cecile can honestly feel all the pain and fear in every one of the people that's been infected. So we they basically turn her, as, as Camilla puts it, as a zombie detector, essentially. Uh, so they kind of use her abilities to kind of stealth out of the location that they're in when things kind of go tits up. And then, you know, we ultimately have one of the best sequences in the episode, which is basically this this wonderful, wonderful, like horror film kind of vibe scene, which is them hiding underneath desks, people kind of coming around corners. It worked incredibly well. And I think easily 
the best kind of horror piece that they've ever done in the flash really really wonderfully done yeah i think the only episode that really came close i think was maybe the ragdoll episode where they really took an attempt at kind of bringing some horror elements into it but this Mm -hmm. episode completely outshined um the horror that they did with that episode uh you're right and it wasn't even the full episode i mean yes we got more of it with allegra joe and frost but yet the truest form of that horror element that we got this episode was with camilla and cecile yeah those quiet moments when you have people stalking you is those always if they can be shot well always look super effective and they really pulled out it absolutely here you know moving over to kind of like joe and frost and 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 allegra and all you know they're just basically just being overrun on the street that that's the only thing that is happening really to them throughout the the thick of this episode um and, and honestly it's just them trying to find a way to kind of take the next step to kind of get through things and get back to star labs and that's really all they're doing here uh is is it we do see one piece here which is essentially where Cisco does show up to try to help save them at a point where, you know, we see Flash that's now been kind of turned into the best way to put it is negative Flash because that's essentially what he was. Well, they in, call in it this. they call him Dark Flash in the episode, too. Right. It's kind yeah. of, they, they keep saying Dark Flash. But what this is being peeled from is very much uh, the negative Flash stuff in the comics. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's it's kind of a blend of the two here. Um, but, you know, it's when we see him uh, Flash kind of choking out Cisco and making a comment of, you know, he's like, I knew I picked the right one that Ramsey even says all these things start clicking in Cisco's brain that that Barry is still trying to kind of punch through. And I thought that was kind of really well handled because it makes you really rethink the episode from start to finish of all the things that may maybe have done. So, well, not only that, but we kind of find out from by the end of the episode with the, you know, the showdown between Flash and Bloodwork, which, by the way, Bloodwork looked amazing when we finally saw, saw him was in his form. Right off the page of the comic books, yep. man. They, they pulled that one off amazingly. Yeah. Um, you know, because we kind of got teased by it a little bit at last week where we saw like the shadow of blood work kind of kind of shrink down into Ramsey's form again. Uh, and then this week we got him full on. But, you know, in that showdown at the end, we kind of find out that Barry let him win like he wasn't over, which I thought was a great thing because, you know, we were talking last week that no, this was a battle, an inner struggle between Barry's, you know, two forms of himself in which that he lost. And by the end of this episode, we find out he didn't lose. Like he decided another way to fight this battle. And that was to let Ramsey win. You know, he did it so that he could get inside the mind of Ramsey the same way Ramsey was inside his mind. Yeah. You know, which I thought was a great twist to, to the whole story. And that we, you know, Barry, Barry still didn't lose. He just took another route to, to help. And I thought that was another great aspect of showing the kind of hero that Barry really is and that he was almost willing to sacrifice himself to 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 find another way to win. Yeah. And it was, you know, one thing I really loved about this episode, too, though, is like the crisis was consistently looming. Like they're kind of like, we're going to lose Barry in a couple hours anyway. What is it? What's the difference if he if he dies here versus then? Yeah, like the fact that that's the, what they're fighting with so much throughout this episode, I thought really made the dynamic very, very interesting. Yeah, because it, it was almost heartbreaking every time you would hear say you would hear Cisco say like he was always going to leave us anyway. Like you know, it was almost like Cisco had already accepted the fact that Barry had left already. Like he was already gone. Um, right. 
you know, even before this, which I think, you know, going back to my earlier point real quick about, you know, Barry finding another way, not only does this speak to the kind of hero that Barry is, but this also really spoke volumes in the trust he put in his team. Like, yeah, he, no, definitely. he gave himself up to be inside Ramsey's mind, but he also trusted hit that Cisco and Iris were going to get him out. Right. Like he was like, look, He's like, I, I've laid the seeds. I've been able to say the right things, get Allegra, you know, kind of tip off the fact that Allegra is the key to everything here to kind of stop everything from happening. And I really love the fact that that worked so well because it was just this great quick moment of making sense on why she's here and part of this now. You know, it was it, it closed the loop of her introduction, and I think it worked perfectly. I really, really enjoyed what they did because we've. She's been an enjoyable character. We were even saying last week where it was so much fun to watch, you know, Camilla, you know, Allegra and Iris together, kind of trying to put some some thoughts together on some things, and watching those characters kind of, you know, stick together and function the way that they have was perfect. It worked incredibly, incredibly well. Yeah. So, and and again, seeing that 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 introduction loop for her end on such a high note of her being the one to kind of save the day um, was kind of like, well, here's another hero that's stepping up uh, in the potential loss of uh, upcoming loss of Barry. So it made, it made this all connect and work in, in a great, great way. So, well, not only that too, but one of the other things I really liked about the ending of this episode when it came to Allegra was that, you know, yes, yeah, she's kind of stepping up and she's becoming, you know, part of the team and, you know, having her being the one that saved the day is that even though she she definitely was the one that saved the day by throwing those UV rays in uh, to the particle accelerator to negate everything that was happening that Russo was doing, um, you know, the fact that she turns around and say says like, yeah, I, I did that, but you you need to thank Frost too because she's the one that got me there. So yeah. she's she's a great addition to the team, but she's also a very humble addition. She, I don't. I think we're going to see a great transition in her, kind of the same way we did with Ralph at the beginning. Is that she knows she has the abilities, but she hasn't quite accepted the fact that she's a hero yet. Mm -hmm. And I, you know what, a hero's journey stories are always fun. I, I, I thoroughly yes. are. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's played out, it's striped, it's a little blah blah blah. And I'm like, you know what, it's it's fun watching people go from nothing to something, and that's most of the stories that we watch across anything you know nowadays. Um, I mean, like, you know, I'll get into my recommendations later, but that's very much a hero's journey story, too. That's th that I think it's that's what draws us to so many things. You know, Star Wars, all these things all follow these kind of same similar patterns. Um, and it, it's when you even see it with a small side character, it's what makes us love characters like Ralph so much, you know, makes us love people like Cisco, makes us love Killer Frost, the Flash, so on and so forth, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I agree completely. Um, I think really the only thing maybe left to talk about is the end of the episode leading into crisis. Well, that and the Nash Wells of it all. So, well, that was I was kind of looping them okay. together. Yep. Um, Makes sense. Because, yeah, we do see Nash kind of uh, as the episode progresses through. We see Nash Wells underground, uh, you know, trying to break through the wall. And he at this point is still against the monitor. And by the end of the episode, you know, we see him getting attacked as well by Russo zombies. And by the end of it, we it's very interesting. I thought it was a little we get this post credit scene that has been through all four episodes this week. And it's um, 
I, I found the timeline a little confusing uh, until the flash, because there are things that are said in that post credit scene. Like, you know, I was against you. I wanted to destroy you, but then you saved my life. And when I first saw that scene after Batwoman, I'm like, I'm wait, when, what happened? Like, when did he save his life? Like, I'm, I'm confused. What we, did I miss something? And then we see that whole scene play out and it still doesn't play out that way. He, Nash believes that this whole thing that Allegra does, I think he believes was this, the, the work of the monitor saving. And that was leads him to believe that he saved his life, even though that's not the case. So he uh, suddenly has this whole change in essence, because of something that the monitor didn't even do. Yeah. Essentially. I, it was, it was oddly written. I had to watch that scene a couple times. Um, not the end stinger, because yeah, I definitely saw that more than a couple times. Uh, but the yeah. I think the connection points, I'm like, huh. And it, not that it felt bad, it just felt a little clunky. I don't know if it was just me or if you felt the same way. No, I I agree. Like I said, it, it's it, it feels clunky because it, again, he like we said we see this whole thing like oh like and now I see the whole Nash's life being saved, but the monitor didn't do that. Right. I mean, granted, though Nash doesn't know that at that point. Exactly. So you yeah. know he he's kind of separated from everyone at that point, and it's this kind of things switch and change, and I think that's what we're meant to and led to believe. And the big and you know and he walks through that gateway and prediction completed. <laughs> you know and confirmed. well does he walk. Does he walk through the gateway, or does is he pulled into the gateway? Oh, he might be. That's well, yeah, yeah. I mean, regardless, he's inside the ship, <laughs> so <laughs> or yes, the base or whatever it is. But you're absolutely correct. the The one thing you have been predicting for weeks now is that uh, it's pretty much confirmed. Nash Wells is pariah. Yeah, or has become pariah. Right, and which I'm like, yay, cool, I got that one right. Because at yeah. first I wasn't sure, and then I'm like, no, nah, that's that's exactly where this is going. As soon as we went underground, I'm like, yep, that's that's where this is going. <laughs> so, yep, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and that leads us kind of to the you know to the very end of the episode before that post credit scene, as we get that whole moment with Barry and Iris, and and uh, pretty much with the exception of Cecile, it's the core group of the Flash. Yeah, the um, only ones missing is Ralph, but we know he was severely injured. Uh, that day, essentially, in that timeline. Well, well, when I said with the exception of Cecile, I meant like, oh, like the, OG. The, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. OG Flash group. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Joe, Barry, Iris, Cisco, Daniel, uh, uh, Daniel, uh, Caitlin. Um, you know, it's the OG group. And they're kind of sharing these memories uh, because they know that once that clock strikes, it's they're not going to have time to do that. It's, you know, they they have to face this crisis. Man, and crisis is punctual as crap, isn't it? <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking the same exact thing. Is man, the stroke of midnight on that day, it happens. I was and, like, wow. Yeah. I was like, man, you could set your watch to crisis seriously. Uh, yeah. Like you're good to go. You but, know, so, but see, yeah, by the end of the episode, seeing, you know, them kind of stand up, face staring out the window at those red skies. It's kind of like, yeah, this is finally happening. Like this is this is coming. Yep. And and it's exciting. So I I really don't have any final notes on Flash unless there's anything else from you. Nope, not a good moving on. 
Uh, (laughs) yeah uh but again flash is going to return this week as part three of crisis on infinite earths which is most likely going to lead us into a huge cliffhanger until january um and i'm making my prediction i think barry's dying uh yeah i think i think barry's dying at the end of part three yes barry dies probably at the end of part three maybe even barry uh, and kara yeah, I think I could see the two of them maybe getting bumped off in the uh, at that point where now you have the heroes uh, without two of their big heavy hitters, uh, and I think then we will move into Oliver's part of all of that in episodes four and five, where which he which finds makes a way me to th- bring them back. Which yeah, which makes me think that if Barry and Kara die, and Oliver's sacrifice brings them back, then there's a possibility Earth Two and Earth Thirty Eight could come back, and by the end of Crisis, we're not going to see worlds merge. But but I mean, you know, but but I've seen, I've heard in interviews from a number of actors, including David Harewood, more recently, saying that Crisis on Infinite Earths changes everything. Yeah. So I don't know. It's. I'm very curious what they're going to do. And uh, I'm just... I would not be surprised if we see... Again, I, my, my prediction still is we're 100% going into the world's merging. It makes... I think so, too. It, 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 it feel like this is an easier way for them to handle a lot of stuff. Well, not only that, but that's one of the biggest elements of Crisis on Infinite Earths is the world's merging by the end. Mm-hmm. So if you finish Crisis without the world's merging, you've kind of left out a big part. Right. So, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, that leads us with one more show, and that's Arrow Season 8, Episode 7, Purgatory. Oliver's mission takes him to Lee and Yu, where he tries to ignore the repercussions of the looming crisis until he receives help from an old friend. Meanwhile, a united team Arrow faces a recognizable villain. Uh, first and foremost, episode directed by James Banford. Another fantastic job, because you know, it, it almost feels like this point where they've They've kind of gotten to the point where, like, look, we're going to have a lot of action sequences. Let's not just bring in James to do these action sequences. Let's just let him direct the episode because it's just going to come up better. Right. You know, when we have these big episodes with a lot of action sequences, it seems like Bam Bam's usually the one that's directing at this point. Right. So. Um, which rightfully so. I mean, you know, that's the way it should be. Um, but I want to say too, uh, one of the other things I really pride this episode on is the fact that we've gotten a lot of these separated stories. We really haven't seen a lot of Dinah and Renee very much this season. Uh, I like the fact that these being the final moments before crisis, bringing the team back together again. Right. Definitely. I, I think that was the right call for them to kind of pull all that things all in so i think that worked wonderfully yeah bringing dinah renee and roy to the island on the plane having the kids brought there as well uh you know and obviously diggle and and oliver and uh laurel already being on the island uh bringing everybody together for these final moments before crisis means they're going to be together and they're going to face crisis as a team right which is the was the right way to go definitely i agree with you so um where do we want to start? I mean, I think maybe I can turn it over to you and let's talk about the Roy element of the episode. Yeah, you, you I kind of predict bit. this. Yeah, I. you know what? Like I said, honestly, like I hate to admit it, but OK, so this episode, they brought back the one the one of the villains in this. And I'm like, who? <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, I don't remember who the hell this is supposed to be and why I'm supposed to care at all. <laughs> I was so. the same, I was the same way. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Edward Edward Fires. I have no idea who the hell. I don't like, remember him at all. It's like okay, obviously he was somebody from season one. 
that was a long time ago, and he wasn't memorable. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> so, <laughs> like um, even even Yao Fei was a little. I kind of had to search my memory a little bit more. He was more memorable than Edward Fire. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, Yao Fei was the one that was like basically made Oliver Green Arrow. I mean, or yeah. well, the hood at that point in time. But it was it was. This is one thing I will say about the episode. Was it me, or did it make any sense why they were as ghosts on Lian Yu like that? Because that feels like they glossed over that like really hardcore. <laughs> so well, and not only that, but you know there was the whole the whole element of Lee and you being very green again, and them saying like, well, like the well, last I remember, like you know Prometheus bombed the hell out of this place, and now it's suddenly back to flourishing again. So like it almost makes me feel like like the whole island itself was a ghost. That's kind of what it felt like, and I'm like, okay, they're taking this in a really weird way, but let's just move on. And that's kind of the way I treated it. I don't know if I hate to admit that, but I'm like, the the Lian Yu of it all felt weird. I'm just gonna leave it at that. I, I think it. I was like, sure, why not? But it was the what we got through all of that was what was enjoyable. Um, and I I think really that was the primary point is we see them create, you know, this weapon that we've been hearing about for some time, which turns out not to be the cosmic tuning fork. It turns out to <laughs> essentially be the uh, I guess the best way to put it was kind of like uh, something to kind of alter Lila's brain. I, I don't know. I, I they they did a poor job well, of explaining a lot of this episode. I'll be well, honest it, with it, you. It seemed to me a, a little lostish and I'll explain that in that, you know, they say, I think Lila says at one point that there's definitely some energy to this island. Like this is a specific spot that is very important to crisis because this, there's a lot of energy that that comes off here. And it almost felt like the device that they were building was a siphon of that energy. Right. And I, that, I, and, I, I got all of that. But what... And that energy was kind of what made the island ghostish. You know, it's what re revitalized the island. It's what created these ghosts. It, they did. They they basically did a lot of things with this episode and they relied on people believing it's this strange energy that does all this, but they didn't explain why or what this energy is. Right. And that's, I think what it is. Like I followed everything that you said and then that's exactly where I'm like, okay, you kind of needed to explain that part. Yeah. And we know they won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> cause crisis is here. Um, but yeah, it's, that was the end of that. That, that just, there was a little bit of confusion to it. And then soon as they use the, you know, the weapon or Lila used the quote unquote weapon. And she was like, oh, OK. All right. Bye, guys. And I'm like, well, that was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Honestly, I, I don't know if you've had, you remember this movie, but there was a great movie from the early 2000s uh, called Idle Hands. Oh, yeah. I remember was, Idle Hands. And it was when they stabbed the hand at the end and it just goes. Puh, and that was it. And you've got you've, you've got Seth Green was like, really? That's it? That, that, that was really anticlimactic. <laughs> and that's the way this scene felt for me. And I'm like. Okay. All right. They turned the thing on. Lila walked away. And then she, at the end of the episode, she's dressed as Harbinger. And I'm like, okay. And she was like, yep, I'm Harbinger now. I'm, I'm no longer Lila Michaels. And I'm like, okay, cool. That that was awesome. All of that stuff, honestly, this it makes it sound like I didn't enjoy it. All of it was incredibly well executed. It was great to see. And there was a great article I read. That it was I think we saw the most of Oliver and Black Canary. Uh, Black Canary now being um, uh, Laurel from Earth 2. Because we know she's going more by Black Canary now versus Black Siren. So she's kind of made that full transition. 
at this point in time to this hero, but seeing them really interact as much as they did this episode was really quite nice. I thought that was great. Um, you know, uh, all these pieces, but when we see Renee and Dinah get to the island with, with Roy in tow, with their plane goes down, and man, Roy's arm is pinned underneath part of the landing gear, and I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna do the thing. Yeah, They're gonna do the thing I was thinking about. Roy <laughs> is losing his arm. It's just not happening in crisis, and I'm like, huh, I didn't expect this to happen now, but Man, that was it was an interesting way because they handled Diggle knowing that sometimes she just can't change what's about to happen. And I think that worked really, really effectively, kind of prepping us for what has now officially started for all of you that are listening. Like, you know, we're, we're as Ben mentioned, we're a couple hours out still for, for our side as we record this, but it was it was a really good set your expectations, Dig. This is not gonna go great, you know. Like he well, understood what happened to his wife, what was going to happen to her. And it was like, she made her decision. She has to do this. And as he accepted that, he understood and accepted what was about to happen to Oliver because also what the things that Roy had to make these hard decisions about too. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting too, that you bring up the fact that, you know, it's, it's helping Diggle accept the things that you just can't change. And that's, they, they kind of forced to take Roy's arm, but at the same time, it does. It shows in a different way that things can change because everything that we've seen from the flash forwards, Roy had both of his arms, I believe. Well, here's the thing in comic books, um, depending on how you go about this. So in the comic book universe, Roy does have both arms currently because they did that weird uh, new 52 reboot stuff and things are still all kind of wonky and not quite fixed yet. But prior to he got an arm back. He, he, he got an arm from Cyborg. Cyborg actually gave him a you know mechanical arm. So he he does still have both arms. So we we would maybe are led to believe that there could be some interesting things down the road. Like we've seen stuff with smoke tech where that allowed Felicity to be able to walk again, all these things. So we don't know where things like Cyborg from the Titans universe is in conjunction to all of this. Are they an alternate Earth? Are they some of these characters that we don't know about that are coming over because, hey, there's six more people. Uh, think about those numbers a little bit, folks. So uh, there's a lot that can happen still. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it shows, too, you know, if there's a chance that things have changed, you know, we kind of look forward because we saw Zoe killed. Uh, you know, perhaps this means that there's a chance they could bring Zoe back, you know, with the actions that they're going through right now. Uh, you know, when when the when the spinoff launches, if we see. Um, um, oh, my God, um, Colton, if we see Colton Haynes appear in the series, he could appear without an arm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we could see Zoe return in some way because of the knowledge that these guys now have. Well, uh, there There is a piece that we did hear about rumbling recently, so it, it leads me into an interesting prediction. Okay. So I think you're right about Zoe. I think Zoe is indeed going to come back because the future is going to slightly alter again. Because we did hear in an article a couple weeks ago that we skipped in the news that the baby Sarah kind of angle, the baby Sarah becoming JJ, that's not done yet. Yeah. So, so that might mean that JJ might not exist soon. And he may be back to being Sarah again, um, which will change the future dramatically. So crisis can could potentially do a lot. It also depends maybe too 
maybe they don't earth one doesn't survive maybe we have an earth prime by the end of this that's something wholly new and wholly unique Ooh, i didn't think about that so there's a lot that can still happen and when the when the worlds merge you basically take a little quality of each of the the people sometimes sometimes it's people survive sometimes personas merge all of these things so it could we could get so many different versions of what these crises could be but we could ultimately end up with a brand new earth so I, i'm very curious to see how this is going to play um i i really only have one more note on arrow and then i i too also kind of have a, a crisis prediction from something that we've seen recently with the trailers um the only other note i really have about arrow is I, I, there's a scene and it's it's purely a nitpick about the scene because I thought the scene was actually a fantastic scene. Um, and that is the scene where Oliver says, can I have a minute with my kids? You know, and it's when he's explaining to him, he's explaining to them, like, this is the end. Like, I'm accepting my fate. This is when I'm supposed to die. Um, you know, but and then the only nitpick I have is that the kids kind of didn't put that together already like they already knew they already knew their father that's what that's what i mean like they already knew their father wasn't in their in their future um you know they already knew oliver wasn't around anymore wouldn't they have been told already at this point by felicity or somebody else that that was when oliver disappeared was during this crisis you would think but apparently not yeah so i I, it's all good you know i think it's everything is fine in the grand scheme of things with all of it but hey you know that was the only other odd piece of this episode. I still think it was fully deserving of its legend. Like I said, Me too. Absolutely. It was a great episode. It was a really, really wonderful episode. There was just a couple pieces that left me scratching my head just a little bit. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, that, I mean, that's going to wrap it up for for the Arrow discussion as well. I mean, we, we got the post credit scene again, same one as the other three episodes, and Arrow is not going to be returning until part four of Crisis in January, right. uh, which we'll talk about it more. But that leads me real quick to um, another prediction that I want to make, and it's something I kind of touched on weeks ago that I think might have a little validity this time around in that, you know, we've gotten this whole thing about the monitor telling Barry that in order for crisis to be averted, the flash needs to die. Right. And I kind of, kind of theorized at some point that maybe just maybe when he says that he's not talking about Barry because there are other versions of the flash out there. I have a feeling and I'm going to predict this now the Earth-90 version of the Flash is not going to survive. Well, no, I also think there's going to be several versions of Superman, and that ain't surviving this as well. <laughs> so yeah. uh, uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if the wider DC Universe extensions that are here that we have seen, like these little characters pop up, like a lot of them are going to die. <laughs> so uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the large majority of the cameos of the people that we know are coming in are going to bite the dust by the, the end of by the end of crisis yeah um and, and but yeah I, I, the earth 90 flash thing was a great thing that they got a chance to just say like here you go um but i mean like you could even tell like this year when we saw john again you know I, i'm sure john does not personally want to be got, put that keep putting that suit back on jay garrick i'm sure he's like sure why not every once in a while i'll i'll, I'll do that but you know he's that's not even well that's literally just a jacket and a kettle helmet <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> you know? But I mean, like, I think, I, I think that's asking a lot of John to constantly have to keep continuously trying to, to, to keep putting that suit back on. That looks like it's a, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, well, well, what leads me to believe this too, is we get that when we had that crisis trailer this week, we have that moment at the end of there's the scene with Oliver dropping the bow, the flash hitting the ground. There's the scene with Supergirl, but out of complete randomness, John's version of the flash appears right after Barry's, which makes me think that might be the flash that the monitor is referring to. Uh, no, because he said Barry Allen, you're, you're fated to die. In but that version of the Flash is also Barry Allen. That's true. Maybe all Barry Allens are going to bite it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some, it, some, some random person on Earth, like, it's like four. It's just kind of like <laughs> Barry I, Allen is just a random like guy as a barista <laughs> working at a cafe. And he's yeah. like, and I'm like, you're, you're fated to die. Why? Well, your name's Barry Allen. I'm really, really sorry. It's a bad coincidence. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so, it's the whole Sarah Connor of it all from Terminator. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like, well, man, it's like, you know, an investment banker who's like a 67-year-old white dude that is like, you know, his friend's called Bob. You know, it's just kind of like, I'm sorry, guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, other than that, I'll be honest, I really don't want to make any more predictions for Crisis. I kind of just want to watch it and write it out. Same. I'm kind of there, too. So I think we're in a good spot. I think we can move on to our recommendations. Get the hell out of here. Cause yeah, this is done. Yep. Um, I'll turn it over to you because I'll be I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I have any recommendations this week. I definitely do. And honestly, there's something I'm as much as I'm excited for crisis. I cannot wait for episode six of his dark materials. Uh, I started watching it a couple nights ago and I'm all caught up. Uh, my wife has watched it the first five episodes through twice now. Um, it is exceptional. It is one of the best looking shows I have ever seen. The story is, you know, obviously it comes from Philip Pullman. Uh, so this was obviously a book series. You know, it was adapted into the movie The Golden Compass several years back. Um, but this is exceptional. This is really blowing me away. And I am I'm so excited for the next part of it. So That's I, where I know that from, because I watched mm-hmm. the trailer of his dark materials and I remember the polar bear and everything else. I'm like, why does this seem so familiar? The Golden Compass is where I know it from. Right. So uh, I will highly recommend if you're looking for something that's got some fun fantasy elements with some interesting, twisted kind of pieces. Really, really would recommend getting into it. I, I honestly am going to say kind of think this is my favorite thing HBO has ever done. Wow. So, that's uh, that's and I know saying that's, a lot. I, I know that sounds like high praise. I, I, I really thoroughly believe it. The cast is truly exceptional. Um, and I, 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 I can't wait for more. I really can't wait for more. Yeah, I saw you. I saw you getting caught up with that. Um, so I'm now I'm excited. Now I, I think I need to kind of watch it. I'm still in my um pushing through rebels and i know tomorrow you and i both along with our friend jackson who's a listener of the podcast too uh we're starting our um our 10 movies in 10 days towards star ten, wars ten, yeah 10 days 10 days to the force awakens or not the force awakens 10 days to the rise of skywalker rise of skywalker so, yeah so yeah uh do you, have you decided your order of how you're watching it I'm actually going in saga order um i'm going to okay. start with episode 1 and i'm going to push through timeline order because like if this was the last Jedi, uh, I could see kind of going in the other orders. But 
because this is the end of the saga, I kind of want to start at the beginning of the saga and go through the timeline to where the saga ends. I was almost thinking about doing extended machete order. So I'm not sure. What exactly? Because I've been hearing that a lot. What exactly is extended machete order? Okay. So the machete order in this case would be you would probably start with solo. uh, Then you would go to um, Rogue One. And then to A New Hope, then Empire Strikes Back. And then from Empire Strikes Back, then because you get the whole twist of the, you know, I am your father, you know, then you go back to watch Darth Vader's stories and then you would watch episode one, two, and three. Okay. I know then, I know that as I know that more as the flashback order. Right. And then That's you would watch it. then yeah. you would watch Jedi, um, you know, The Force Awakens, Last Jedi. Okay. Yeah, I, I know that, but I don't I've never called it machete, machete order. I've always called that as the flashback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it all it, it originally that that whole lineup originally came from uh yeah, that was that that was the machete order initially. So okay, uh, which was initially it was just your we're, before we talk about anything outside of the episodes one through six. It was always just kind of like New Hope Empire, but then you skip actually um, uh, Phantom Menace, and then you just watch Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and then Jedi. I would so. be totally okay with skipping episode one, to be honest with you. I'm watching it all. I'm gonna watch. Oh, it all. I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. Like I again, like I've made no bones about it. I'm not really the biggest fan of Rogue One, but I'm still gonna watch it because, again, I'm committing myself ten movies to ten days, <clears throat> or ten days and ten movies, leading up to Rise of Skywalker, which I can't believe is only ten days away. Like mm-hmm. that's oh my god! Like I really that's next Thursday. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm- I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> it's it's so bittersweet. Like it's God. Like I, I can't believe it. But yeah. So I'm I'm committing myself. Like even though I'm not crazy about the prequels, not crazy about Rogue One, I'm watching them. Like it's it, they're going to be part of this rewatch. Mm-hmm. So and Indeed. in between, I'm still fitting in as many episodes of Rogue One as I can, or not Rogue One, or Rebels. Rebels as I can because I'm only I'm still in the first season. I'm already loving the show. Yeah, it's I'm awesome. already loving the series. So, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have. I guess the only recommendation I can, I can make is I. We talked about it last week. Uh, Harley Quinn. It yeah, it's a fun series, and episode two is out there now. So yeah, I, I, and that, and I guess the other part would be is join us on our ten days, uh, ten days, ten Star Wars films. So. Yeah, starting Monday night. I know Crisis is going to be on, but we're going to be fitting it in uh, and watching, watching through ten movies in ten yeah. days. <clears throat> indeed but that's going to wrap it up we just have to do our cheap plugs before we get out of here uh as always you can catch this podcast as well as all other podcasts as part of the next level podcast network the next level network.com facebook.com slash the next level network and of course the facebook page for this podcast facebook.com slash dc primetime and as for me, you can always find me through the Next Level Network through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Make sure to check out our last episode if you haven't done so yet, which is our episode celebrating 80 years of the Caped Crusader. Uh, so like I said, definitely you can join Ben and I on that episode along with a couple of our other friends. And then at the end of the month, uh, we will be releasing our full, full spoiler cast for The Rise of Skywalker, in addition to talking about the entirety of the Skywalker saga. So really excited to be able to do that very, very soon. So 
Uh, but like I said, that'll be just around the bend. And so make sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, also, a big special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Please make sure to head over to his site, check out his stuff, and show your support. Absolutely. Uh, before we wrap up, I just want to make a quick recommendation to, if you have the opportunity, go to our Facebook page and check out, uh, obviously for, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to take it back because it's going to change by the time you're hearing this, but the cover photo for the Facebook page um, <clears throat> is an awesome, awesome images that Rob, you worked on and turned out so well and are very fitting for crisis at this point. So yeah. So they'll, they'll be changing. They'll be changing. So uh, you'll, you'll be seeing one that says the end is here probably by the time of looking at this. Um, and that will probably hold. Uh, I might make some modifications, slight tw like tweaks and changes and things like that um, over the course of the next couple of weeks while we're waiting around um, but yeah, like I said, they'll, they'll be up on our photo page. So if you want to download them and throw them up in your Facebook banners, I know a couple people have already done so. Uh, so please feel free to go ahead and use them, uh, however you wish. Like I said, it was just more of a fun thing. Um, and feel free to, to play with the image and do whatever you like with it. It'd be very interesting if to see, because we know that the image that you, you made, which is the combined logo of arrow flash legends, Batwoman, Supergirl, um, are all together. Uh, if, by chance, our predictions are correct, and Kara and Barry bite it by the end of episode three. You might have to change the banner again. Oh, I could totally the, do that. The head of the arrow <laughs> is gone. You know? Oh, that would be great. I could have it broken. Right? Oh. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That we, sounds like too much work, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we might just have to keep uh, adapting, uh, changing the logo as Crisis plays out. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. But, I don't have a Twitter account anymore. I got rid of it, but you should feel free to feel free to tweet that image out and tag tag uh, tag some folks. Yeah, might have to do that. So please do because I would love to see. I would love to see if we get any responses. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the podcast. Thank you as always for being a part of the DC Primetime family. Thank you for liking, commenting, subscribing, all that you guys do. Enjoy the hell out of Crisis, because I know we're going to, and we can't wait to talk about it next week. But until that time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. Peace.